I take a longer look at the words on her headstone. Brave, kind, loyal, sweet, loving, graceful, strong, thoughtful, funny, genuine, hopeful, playful, insightful, and on and on. Was she, though? Was she any of those things? The words make me angry. I can't look at them any longer. Why do we romanticize the dead? Why can't we be honest about them? We're doing fine. I'm doing fine. Welcome to We're Doing Fine, book club edition. I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And this month we read I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy. And boy, howdy, was I glad her mom died too. Yes. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. So for anyone that's not read it yet, a quick recap. Jeanette McCurdy is, um, I would say, a fairly well-known actress, author. Um, yeah. She was in iCarly that's where she got her fame um, and this was a sort of tell all book about her life growing up as a child actress actor mm-hmm. um, and it turns out it wasn't great like shocking yeah she was fully abused by her mother um, who eventually died of cancer Um. And it was only years later, after decades of uh, eating disorder started by her mother, Mm -hmm. that she went through therapy and realised how abused she had been and what she needed to do to to, to sort of make herself better again. Um, Yeah. And that's all I'm really going to say without spoiling too much. It is an excellent read. I think you should definitely grab a copy or get it on audible because it is it's so easy to not easy to read but it's a very quick read you get through it very very quickly um yeah and it's just it's so good to read and like the audiobook which i think we both listened to like really just well done she reads it in her own voice it's just um i don't know she it's her words it's her voice obviously so it's just like it's even more impactful, I feel like. I just love yeah. when authors read their own work, though, so. Yeah, although I... The, oh, there's a horrific moment where she's talking about her mum about how when she realised how abusive her mum would be. And she starts yeah. to cry. And they left it in, and I was just like, oh, Jesus. I was on a bus, and I just started sobbing. <laughs> I couldn't... Yeah. So, like, yeah, the, the audiobook heartbreaking heartbreaking definitely it's kind of like how i was in bevmo when uh in during crying in h mart when her mom died and i was just like oh no (laughs) Mm. yeah yeah it's tough it's tough um but but it looks like a lot of the listeners also enjoyed it because we got a ton of listener questions so that is amazing um so basically, spoiler alert from now on. So if you've not read mm-hmm. it and think, oh my God, I need to read this, go read it, listen to it, whatever, and come back and join us because from now there will be spoilers. Absolutely. Spoiler, Though, her mom can dies. you really spoil someone's life? No, probably not. 
But you know, if you wanna if you wanna join us, go read it. It'll be great. Yeah, no, you absolutely right. should. Lisa, yes. I'm gonna ask you the first question. Okay. So Chris has emailed in. She asked Thank us you, two Chris. questions, but the first one the first one is the first one is Jeanette's mum had a lot of red flags. Which was the brightest for you? Ooh, oh, that's hard. Um, I think at least the first one that was really bright to me was like the way she really controlled the household. Like when she had the fight with Jeanette's dad and Jeanette felt like she had to be on her mom's side because... Like, and she had to, like, control everything, like, right? Like, and then she made her, her, the dad go sleep in the car. I think that was the first one, but, like, of the, uh, I don't know. There's so many red flags. Um, I, I think just, the like, one all for of me. The mani- emotional sorry. manipulation. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, for sure. No, that's okay. The one for me, I think, was when she got her period and her mom was like I'm so sorry and yeah. basically convinced her that she had to double down on her eating disorder and able to keep a child's body because she was getting yeah. lots of children's roles mm-hmm. like that was horrific that I think that's when I was like oh this is deliberate this isn't even just a woman mistaking eating disorder for you know because because you know for women I mean typical male talking about women instead of women talking about women it's a lot harder and there's a lot of manipulation and misinformation out there about what you should or shouldn't eat how many calories you should eat what sort of exercise you should be doing you know so it wasn't even like a mum being like oh yeah if we just eat salad we'll be skinny and look great this was that was when I was like oh she is fully just abusing her child to get money Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, that all, and, like, the showering, that was really tough, like, just being like, oh, what the fuck? Like... Yeah, that was, yeah, that was grim. Um, so, so yeah, you touched on red flags. Yeah, you touched on a bit that um, I think might relate to this one, or at least I'll probably bring it up at some point when we answer this mm-hmm. question, but Chris also asked, there were a lot of failings from all across Jeanette's family to protect her, why don't you think they did more? I mean, I think there's a lot of different reasons. Um, one, it was making money for the family. Like, you don't mess with the cash cow, right? Um, and I think, like, after a while, that's kind of how they kind of had to be forced to look at her. Because they were otherwise in pretty dire straits. Um, and I think there's the next question from Callum will probably touch on why her dad probably might not have stepped in quite as much. I don't know. I so I I think like money aside, I think they were all also being abused by this woman oh, yeah. like you Definitely. mentioned their dad was like being verbally abused minimal like Yeah. And the fact <coughs> that he stayed with her for that long. <coughs> Yeah, like they were all being abused at their own in their own way. So I think whether they were too wrapped up in their own self and their their mm-hmm. own struggle 
to see what was happening to Jeanette or whether yeah. they were just like, look, I th- like even if it was to the point of, well, that's what mum's like because, she, you know, she does that with me. Like yeah. she forced her brother and Jeanette to shower together. You yeah. Know? So it's like, who knows what the brothers were going through? Like, and and the, the dad was, you know, we saw or we, we heard was also being abused and that's just what the kids were able to see yeah so i think i think um yes there was failings but i think um i don't necessarily think anyone is to blame there because there's always a struggle Mm. i think that one scene with her grandpa was probably just like the most heartbreaking example of this like he could see what how fucked up the situation was but like he had no power to really change it yeah because Jeanette's mom and the grandmother were really uh, cut from the same cloth from what we could see. Yeah, that was heartbreaking. Like her, him just being like, a kid shouldn't have to worry about the finances of their entire family. Like, Yeah, which is true. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so you, you mentioned Callum's uh, sent us a question. Thank you, Callum. Thank you, Callum. Um, he said, what was your reaction to Jeanette finding out her dad wasn't her biological father? Were you surprised? I was and I wasn't. I was mostly because, like, Jeanette's mom was, like, when she got a boyfriend, she was like, you stupid whore, I'm, you're such a dirty whore, like, you're disgusting and I'm going to abandon you. Mm-hmm. And then, but it, like, in my brain, and maybe that's just because of all the politics going on here but like it's always the people who are loudest about a thing that are actually doing it right yeah how did you feel about that i don't know i'm just like what was Jeanette's reaction i think she just pretty much was like you're still my dad and then mm-hmm. eventually went looking for her real father yeah um but i think i would have probably yeah i it made sense it was a shock and I felt bad for her that he had no answers. He was like, I don't really know the guy. I don't know if he knows you're there. Like, he didn't know much, but he just, he mm-hmm. knew. And I thought, what a shame. Yeah, absolutely. Both of them. So Callum did ask another question. Mm. Callum said, the opening was shocking, but it was even more so when you find out how old she was at the time. How does this change your perception of Jeanette's overall health throughout the book? Can you remind me how old was she when her mom died? I feel like she was like... She was like 20, 20 or 20, like between 20 and 22, I think. Yeah. And for context for anyone that's not read the book and just enjoys our chats, um, the opening starts with her mom in a coma just before she mm-hmm. died. Um. And her siblings take turns sharing news to try to think in that it'll wake her up. Yeah. Um, and eventually they all leave and it's and it's her left. And she's like, right, now is my time. And this is the thing that's going to wake mom up because it's the only thing mom cared about. And she's going to be so proud of me. And she's going to love me so much. She's going to wake up. And then she tells her mom that she is the, 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 the lightest she's, she's ever been. Weight. She's lost. Yeah. She's lost so much weight. Um, and she's skinny now. She's and that's 89 what she thinks. pounds. Jesus, that's not a lot. Yeah. It's fucked. But yeah, like that is horrific. 
I, it, I don't think it changes my perception of her overall yeah. health because I think at it the start off, of the book, yeah, at the start of the book, I think I definitely thought she was maybe like a child. Yeah, no, I definitely happened. was thinking like maybe 16, 17. That's I was still very like light. 13, 14. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I don't really do pounds, so I didn't really have a concept of <laughs> Oh, should I translate that for you into stone? Uh, no, I can sort of roughly do the maths because it's 14 pounds per stone, so quickly do it now. But I only know that from the last two weeks. When I was listening to the book, I had no concept. Um, but yeah, I, um, so I definitely thought she was maybe like quite young, but then throughout the book, as it builds up to this event, you sort of mm-hmm. see her, her clear illness and eating disorder yeah. and just mental abuse from her mother. So at that, when you find out when she died, it sort of makes sense at that point that yeah. that's where she would be mentally. So Yeah. It just doubles down on like no no mother should want their adult child to be eighty nine pounds. Like yeah. what the fuck? Anyway, well, this eight, next question. Oh, so, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you can go. Love it. We were both like, this is too heavy. Move it on. <laughs> um, not that any of these questions get any lighter. Thank you guys. Um, I mean, it's a it's a difficult book to not have light questions not have heavy questions to but amy has sent us a couple of questions the first one being why do you think Jeanette stayed with her boyfriend for so long despite her recovering and him not i think Jeanette was probably just in that like space where she was both comfortable and uncomfortable but it wasn't uncomfortable enough for her to leave like she was still in the midst of her own recovery and anything that was familiar and comforting was better than not having it even if it was causing her harm yeah and i think there probably was some aspect of he didn't abandon her when yeah not not that it's abandoning like obviously you've, you've got to look after yourself in these situations but she probably felt like well he stood by me while i was at my worst so how could i leave him yeah when he's struggling um but uh yeah. Amy M. Amy also asked, what were your thoughts on Jeanette saying that if she could handle, if she could get a handle on her eating disorder, she could handle the rest? What did you think of her healing therapy journey overall? I mean, that's something that your eating disorder is telling you, or like, you know, your other disorders are telling you, right? If I could just get a handle on this one thing, everything else is going to fall into place. That's not true, because there'll be something else. There's the depression that follows that, right? There's withdrawal in everything. Um, so her healing journey, like her first therapist, I thought was doing really great for her until like, she was like, okay, let's delve into the really deep shit, right? Like, no, she was not prepared for that. Yeah. I think she put on a lot all way too soon. Like, I was kind of shocked. <laughs> yeah. I do think Jeanette definitely had the wrong idea of sorting out her eating disorder will fix her life. But what I do think is that these things will have trickle down effects. Like Oh definitely. If she if she actually fully got a handle on her eating disorder, she would probably learn 
um, you know, uh, coping techniques and, you know, things about mindfulness or, you know, just having been around a therapist that will probably leak into noticing other um, mental illness red flags yeah. that will then enable her to get a handle on the rest. I don't think, which she meant, if I, f- if I fix this, everything will be fine, which is, I yeah. do not agree with that. But I think if she if she had, act, you know, I think it's always good to remember that just by, you know, you don't have to fix everything straight away, but by finding one thing and being like, this is what I'm going to work on right now, it will en- enable you further on to Look at tackle you, you health the coach, you. <laughs> I try. I try. No, but oh that's God, absolutely true. Watch me just true. change careers. Oh my gosh, Come right? You're going to be like a personal therapist. If I did it, anyone can. <laughs> we set up an influencer TikTok. Oh, there you go. Hmm. But I do like the method that I think it was good like that she found the more clinical therapy that she did in the end because I think she's just she is very much like logical she likes things in boxes and I think that really works out for her and we know everyone has to find the therapy that works well for you her first therapist was like the very touchy-feely type and I don't think that would have worked for her in the long term and it obviously didn't it didn't yeah Mm -hmm. anyway my career change aside Lauren also sent us an email with a couple questions Thank you, Lauren. Lauren's first question said, how did you feel about Jeanette's statement that her birthday wish was what kept her mum alive? How do you think that represents the overall narrative? I mean, I think it's just directly like Jeanette feels this unbearable pressure to keep her mum happy and alive. Like, and, and it just shows like how close and toxic their relationship is. She wasn't allowed to want anything for herself. Mm-hmm. But so did she did she make a birthday wish? I'm sorry, I keep asking you questions. I read the book. I read like weeks yes. ago now. Um, so, so she did she, make a birthday wish. Yes, yeah, so I think like one of the earlier chapters she describes how her birthday wish is the only thing that kept mom alive. Um Okay. And then towards because the end just... her first birthday after her mom died, she's like, I don't know what to wish for if my birthday wish isn't for my mom. Ah, that makes sense. So the overall narrative, I mean, I guess that just implies birthday wishes don't work. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe the universe just knew it was time for your birthday wish to not come true. You can't keep wishing toxic things for yourself. Maybe subconsciously she knew. And maybe her, her subconscious birthday wish was... This woman needs to get out of my life and stop abusing <laughs> me. I mean, it's just like, I just feel so bad. It just goes to show, yeah, she just wasn't allowed to want anything for herself. Yeah. It was tough. The only times she ever did, it always blew up in her face, right? Like, Hawaii blew up in her face. Getting her own TV show. That wasn't even something she wanted, but she wanted to direct. That blew up in her face. Also, who do you think was the person that didn't want her to direct? Was it Ariana? Oh, I don't know. 
No, I think it might have been the creator. Oh yeah, that makes sense. You know, it's like stay in, stay in your lane. You're mine. You're my actor. Yeah. I feel, but I just don't think because I her and Ariana are really close now. Okay, good. I believe. Did you read? Did you hear the acknowledgments at the end? No, I don't tend to listen to oh. those as much. Fair, but the the last acknowledgement was to Ari. Was to Ari. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, um, that was quite wholesome. No, um, no acknowledgement for, um, Miranda. What's her name? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, childhood anyway. versus probably ongoing friendship, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, right, we have a final question before we wrap this up and announce our April book club choice. Um, from Lauren again. Thank you, Lauren. She has said, what were your thoughts on seeing Jeanette's journey through religion? I thought religion was like a really interesting comparative tool for her when she was younger because like it was the orderly of religion of the Mormon church versus the disorder in her own house, right? And that was just like a place to keep her sane. But at the same time, those two kind of reflect one another because as far as I know, Mormon churches tend to have a lot of control over their... uh, patrons yeah but then it's like religion that like say it was a safe place when she was younger and something she really wanted to and then like when she was older in in life and her boyfriend wanted to go with her like wanted her to go with him to church and that became a very toxic thing Mm -hmm. and something she actively was just kind of like okay I do think it almost parallels mm-hmm. her relationship with her mum. Like, she saw religion as a safe space from her home life until she realised that it was toxic and not for her at all. And in the same way, she was obsessed with having her mum, with keeping her mum, not obsessed, she was obviously uh, groomed um, yeah. and manipulated into keeping her mum happy and thinking that her mum was the light that that shines and keeps her life good until she realized that she was being abused and it was toxic so i think yeah yeah it feels weird critically analyzing this book because yeah it does yeah yeah but like obviously there's narrative structure there were editors to put that Mm -hmm. structure in there but yeah Mm -hmm. I mean I think it was just a beautifully written book Um, just like as far as like the vignettes go did you ever feel like you were missing out in pieces that weren't included between those or did you feel like we got enough from the narrative in those pieces I feel like it felt I I mean I think it maybe because I was listening to the audiobook and it was Jeanette speaking but I felt like it was it, it it felt natural to be mm-hmm. displayed like that like it was somebody choosing what to tell you and at no yeah. point did I think oh my god no but go back and tell me about this yeah. you know it it didn't feel like an author had skipped over something or something had not been fleshed out properly it felt like 
this is what Jeanette wants to tell me, us, the reader. Yeah. And some things she's keeping private. And that felt completely appropriate, especially given the nature of the book as well. Definitely. Well, I'm not going to ask a favorite character because that seems really fucked up to do in a biography or autobiography. Um, Lisa, I have a question for you about the book. Yeah. Go for it. So there's there's a bit in a taxi mm-hmm. where she's listening to the radio with a taxi driver and an Ariana Grande song comes on and she uses it as this like horrific pun for looking after herself. I think it was Love Me Harder, but I'm not sure. Where she mm-hmm. was like, do you know what, Ari? I think you're right. It's time to love me harder. Um, do you think that actually happened? I hope it did. Sometimes songs come to you at the right moment. Yeah. And maybe, like, it might not have necessarily happened in a taxi. Like, it might have been she was hate listening to Ariana Grande. Um, Yeah. uh, I'm going to be honest on this podcast. I was just doing some research while Lisa had been talking. And um, (laughs) there's actually evidence that says that I was wrong um, about them being close. Apparently, they still hate each other. So that's... Interesting. Interesting. Now, it was just head, it was just headlines that I saw, so it might be clickbait, and they might actually be like, "What you talk about? We're besties." But I, yeah, so just take what I said with a pinch of salt. As always, I'm an idiot. So yeah, <laughs> we're a headlines only podcast. What are you talking about? We really are. I love that for us. Anyway, what were you? How saying? would you rate this? You book? said. Rate it five stars. Loved it. Same. Yeah. This is like my third five star book in a row, but you know what? Fuck it. It's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've been choosing good books. I have I have to be the Simon Cowell of the show. So it's fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're going mm-hmm. to Hollywood. Oh no wait, no. They uh, no, We don't want to send her to, go to Hollywood, Hollywood again. Nope. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. She's going to New York. Maybe. Just like the furthest She's going thing, wherever the hell she wants. Exactly. Yeah, I love that for her. Okay, so that was Marchie's Book Club pick. Loved it, was great. But we move swiftly on. Lisa, would you do me the honors of announcing our April Book Club choice? Oh, yes, of course. Drum roll, please. <gasps> Cemetery Boys by Aidan Thomas. Woo! I'm excited this about this on one because we for a long time. So long. Lisa was like, here's some options. And I was like, well, this one has turned up in options like four times. So how about we just do it? <laughs> well, you know, it's the Transrite Readathon right now, as we're recording, and I feel like we need to like participate in our own way. For sure. For we do really do. We do. But yes, so I'm looking forward to this one. It sounds amazing and uh, I'm probably going to get it on Audible because I've got a credit. I already have the book, so beautiful. Stunning. Look, let's go. We're back to our original. <laughs> anyway, we don't do socials or anything like that on this podcast, so I will just say thank you for reading with us. Join us next month for Cemetery Boys. And until then, keep, keep reading, reading fine. fine. Hey! <laughs>